Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. Now for this week's episode we are previewing the Epsom Derby but what we've done is we've collaborated with our twin partners the In The Beer Garden that we record on Shereen Wu's YouTube channel where we preview the Hong Kong racing every Wednesday normally at Happy Valley or Sha Tin. We were joined by Shereen Wu and Steve Shanks who's become a familiar face on this podcast over the last couple of weeks and we were given our thoughts and feelings for the Epsom Derby card on Saturday. We were also joined as well by the totes Jamie Benson who is explaining all about the Whirlpool. Um, it, you can bet on the Whirlpool this weekend if you wish. It basically means you can get a bigger SP and you're taking on punters from all around the world but Jamie explains it at the beginning of this podcast. So yeah, um, before we begin please remember to subscribe, rate and review to whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on whether it's Spotify, Apple or SoundCloud. Also as well if you want to watch the video of this podcast on Shereen's uh, YouTube channel or leave a, a link in the bio as well but yeah hopefully we can give you some uh, winners for the uh, Epsom Derby uh, please gamble responsibly and I hope you enjoy this podcast I'm Shireen, alongside with my beer garden chat teammates Chris and Steve. Also today, we are pleased to have a special guest, Jamie, the representative of Toad in our show, because this Saturday, we in Hong Kong will watch all the seven races at Epsom Racecourse featuring the Derby. Hi, Chris, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Um, looking forward to the next couple of days. It's obviously one of the focal points of the flat season. I think there's still a lot of it, a lot of um, things that need to be settled. I think it's going to be quite an open couple of days with the Oaks on Friday and obviously the Derby Day as well. Lots of competitive racing and the Derby. I think it could be a little bit more wide open than the betting suggests. So, yeah, lots of competitive racing, decent um, action and looking forward to discussing it. Yeah, me too. I'm quite looking forward to this weekend. And how about you, Steve? How are you? Yes, very well. Thank you. As as Chris says, just looking forward to the action. And um, as Chris also says, it's um, I don't think these things are ever a foregone conclusion. These these races. So many times we're we're so much wiser after the event in these these big races. And you know, some people, some judges who are saying that you know, not only predicting maybe how that Walter Valley will win, but by far he will win. Sometimes I think it's just good enough to actually find the winner first. I think you is you know you're. You're, you're, you're sort of putting more pressure on yourself, saying you'll win by so many lengths. I think sometimes just finding the winner is, is difficult enough in these trappy races. So, yeah, look forward to discussing discussing it. Yeah, cool. Hello, Jamie. Nice to see you here. This is your first time that you appear in the show. Can you introduce yourself? Also, can you please talk about how the World Pool betting works? What is the benefit of the World Pool betting to punters? Thank you so much for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, so I work, I work for the UK Tote. Um, my, my role is to the principally to, to talk a, a, a lot of nonsense about horse racing, uh, but also help a lot with the, with the team with developing our, our proposition to, to UK customers and also growing our product internationally, um, which is where Whirlpool comes in. And what Whirlpool is, is a whole load of international jurisdictions betting into one pool on, on UK racing. So Hong Kong bet into it uh, as the obviously the UK, along with uh, I think seventeen other jurisdictions 
include the US, uh, Singapore, Australia, uh, basically a whole, whole, whole load of customers from around the world. Uh, and what that means is very big pools. Um, so with all of the extra liquidity going into the pools, it means that you can have a big bet, not move the price. It means that you quite often get extraordinary value and price differentiation, price differentials on horses as hunters from Hong Kong disagree with hunters from the US and, and from Australia, you know, everyone's got their own views and some people are more familiar with the horses than others. Um, and it means that quite often you get some of the smaller trainers and smaller jockeys going off at quite big prices. Um, so if you fancy one of those, the whirlpool is very much the place to the place to play. Mm, that's good. Um, because uh, this Saturday at Epsom, the first race will be commenced on 2 p.m. UK time and it will be 9 p.m. in Hong Kong time. Steve, will the weather be good on Saturday in UK? The weather will be lovely in the UK on Saturday. Uh, I'm not so sure about here in Edinburgh, but even sunny Scotland is going to be nice. I think, yes, the weather will be fine. There's some showers creeping into the London area at probably um, tea time, 4 p.m. on Friday but they shouldn't really change the going too much. And on Saturday, predominantly dry. I believe it's good going now for the Oaks tomorrow. So they may be watering, but essentially it's going to be a, a level playing field, I would think, for everyone. For most anyway. Okay, that's good to hear. And uh, Chris, can you tell us more about the Epsom track? What should our punters be aware of when studying the form? Yeah, Epsom is a bit of an interesting track, I think, to analyse if I can say that word correctly. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's very interesting. Um, it's a unique track in the UK. Um, it's not flat at all. It's well known for its sharp twists and turns, its undulations, and then of course, uh, the severe downhill finish. Not all horses cope with the track. Um, it, it's kind of the perfect blend of stamina and speed, really. Um, what, what I have found interesting actually looking at the last couple of meetings at Epsom, it does pay to be on the front end or be close to the pace. Not many horses in the last couple of meetings have been coming from the rear. So I think if you're going to be looking um, for clues, uh, watch your racing at uh, Epsom tomorrow. If you're ha thinking about having a bet on uh, Derby Day, I think you're going to want um, horses, like I said, on the front end. The I had the meeting last year when they combined the Oaks and Derby Day together. Um, being on the pace was definitely a key thing. Hardly anything came from behind. And then even at the April meeting uh, earlier this year, you wanted to be prominent. You wanted to be handy. I think pretty much everything that won um, had been prominent as well. So, yeah, you want to be finding horses that are going to be staying out of trouble, keeping it simple. And uh, yeah, I think if you're looking yeah. for horses that are going to be held up, it's going to be tricky for some of those um, wanting to make up ground late. Okay, thank you. And uh, now I think the audience would know more about the World Book Betting and Epsom as well. And in this uh, preview show, I would like to focus on discussing three races. The first one would be at 3.45 UK time, that is race for World Pool Dash Handicap over five furlong. Jamie, which horse do you fancy in this race? Uh, this is famously the fastest race that's running in Britain. It's always got the fastest time. It's excellent by furlongs. It's really, really quick. Um, and the horse I really like in it is a horse called Sunday Sovereign, uh, who was just beaten at York over five furlongs last time out. Hit the frontal almost a little bit too early there and got collared close home. 
um, by a very well-in horse called Pendleton. And he was a very tricky horse last year who basically never fulfilled his early promise. And but he looks to be coming right on a mark that looks very workable for a horse that was once thought to be a group horse. And yeah, he's currently around the sort of 10, 12 to one mark and uh, he'll do for me. Okay, how about you, Steve? Well, I'm going for Copper Knight. Um, he was unfortunate in this race back in 2019, got a bit mucked about running over the over the path early on in the race. He stayed on well, but ultimately he had no room at the at the finish. And he was behind the great ornate that day. He was racing off 104. He's now racing off 90. He was racing off 85, but he won uh, two starts ago over the five furlongs at York. And uh, he wasn't this race last time. He was uh, a close-up fifth. So he's still well handicapped in his old form. He's drawn in 16, so we know he goes on the track fine. And I think he'll he'll do for me. Of course, uh, as, um, as uh, Jamie says, also um his selection obviously a good chance as well back in the days when paddy Tomey had it and he was a uh, two from four an excellent trainer as we've just seen with um Sinela yesterday at uh, the current but for me couple nights for me will do it the other prices okay chris uh will you be saying to jamie or steve no i'm going elsewhere the thing about this race is i was looking at the drawer earlier seeing if there was a particular place you wanted to be, did you want to be low? Did you want to be high? Did you want to be in the middle? Where where have the trends been in recent years? And to be honest with you, it's a bit of a lottery uh, like this race is. Um, horses have won being low, they've won being high, um, and depending on how the track's riding too. Sometimes when it's more on the soft side, coming towards the stand side rail um, has been an advantage. Uh, but I think it's actually best to be on kind of the wing, really. That would be my per, uh, personal preference, to be on either really low or really high. Um, I've gone for one that's on the far side. I think um, Ornate is actually reasonably well treated of this field. in this field. He's got a mark of 98, which is now £1 lower than when he won the last renewal of this race back in 2019. Obviously, we missed it last year because of COVID. It didn't, unfortunately, feature a... Uh, on the card but we know what he's going to do he's going to point and shoot um, keep it really simple he's only got one way of running and he's been in okay form of late if you actually go back and look at some of his recent form he had a good spell on the all-weather he won uh, a couple of uh, times at Savile which is um, a surface he's done really well on in the past he ran last week um, after a short break at uh, Haydock, where he ran in a listed race, but he was 80 to 1 that day. I think he'll come forward for that run. And I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if this has been the long term target. I think he's ran about 12, 14 to 1 with uh, the UK bookmakers. He might be able to get a bit bigger come um, the day on the World Pool as well, you know. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's definitely one to keep on side with. And I think he'll go very close and uh, he might just be able to slip away from all of these. And then uh, the second race uh, we will talk about is 310 UK time, race three, the group three domestic, over a mile and a half furlong. Jamie, uh, anyone you fancy here? Uh, I, I'm slightly less confident in this race, weirdly, despite it being much less of a lottery. I should be more confident, but um, there are a lot of horses with very similar form lines here who I wouldn't say any of them really stand out to me. The, the one who's clear on ratings is, is Century Dream, but you know he's now seven, he's still entire, and his mind might have moved on to other things, and he might not be in, enjoying his racing quite as much as he used to be. So 
he, he comes with question marks. The one who's likeliest to be a, a proper horse in here is, is Maximal. Um, he's only three. He gets the age for weight, a weight for age allowance. And probably the likeliest winner in my book. Um, but what I'll probably be doing is is playing a few of the bigger price ones. Someone like, oh, this is us and maybe Prince Prince Ajay as well in the, in a sort of uh, trifecta com- combination or, or something like that and hope for a bit of an upset. Mm. Uh, Steve, uh, which one do you like here? It's like an echo chamber because I go for Maximal as well. He just seems to be, a, a, I mean, as you as, as Jamie says, it's a smaller field, but still trappy. And you could get any scenario here with the idiosyncratic track. And, uh, and he's not a win machine either. He's only won his one from his last five. But the form is good. Second in the D Stakes by Nelswood, which was then franked. Second before that, Hurricane Lane, who's uh, obviously a, a, a prominent um, in the betting for the derby. And you've got Fowler's, which is number eight on the card. Best form in the all-weather. Prince Ijai, one from 12, not great. Oh, this is us, eight years old. Escobar, well... He's, a, he's been a constant host to follow much of the time, and he's not exactly a, a win machine either. And Bell Rock, who won the Suffolk Stakes on reappearance, but he won his reappearance run in 2018 and 2020 and then lost the next lot. So it does look like you catch him fresh at the beginning, and his season does seem to taper off. And Century Dream, another horse who doesn't really fill me with a great deal of confidence at the age of seven. Um, Dukes of Hazard. No, I think I would end up going for... And, and Maximal might win this actually quite easily. I mean, I'm talking of being doubtful here. He might just be... He's the young boss. He's like the, the, the new kid on the block. Stout and Moore. He might win this by five lanes. Okay. Uh, Chris, how about you? Yeah, I'm going away from Maximal here. I can see why people like him. He's got the three-year-old allowance. I would just worry about his lack of inexperience against the older horses. Just because he's getting so much weight, he makes so much appeal, and of course he's trained by Sir Michael Stout, but I often find a lot of these Stout horses, uh, it's more reputation on who's training them, who's the jockey booking, um, rather than what they've actually achieved. Don't get me wrong, I really like this horse, Maximal, but I think this is a mistake by Sir Michael Stout running him in this race. I think they should have campaigned him against um, the three-year-old still. I'm not a, ma- a massive fan of him stepping up um, in uh, in this company against the older horses. Yes, it's not a particularly strong-looking race, but I just think some of these might have a, a bit, little bit of unfinished business. The one I actually quite liked was uh, Prince L. E.G., if that's how you pronounce it, for Andrea Zaney and Roger Varian. Now, he's clearly had his issues along the way. He was really expensive purchase. Um, he was actually brought for... Uh, 2.6 million guineas so connections obviously paid a lot of money for him i actually remember i was at ascot that day when he won on debut and he looked like he was going to be a horse to follow but he's had his issues along the way and he looks like the kind of horse roger Varin has had in the past you know uh, i think the likes of kate byron uh, did he have a horse as well called Sharjah bridge that had niggles along the way and then as they got older, he, he really did improve them. I thought this was a really, uh, it was a really encouraging debut or seasonal debut where he finished second when he was just chinned by, oh, this is us who's been a game horse during his career. You know, very admirable, but I'm not sure Epson is his track. He's not tried it 
uh, or he's not seemed to have taken to it in the in the past. You know, whereas Prince AG, a lot of his uh, a lot of his appearances have come on those stiff uh, straight tracks. So Epson will be a bit of a quirky test for him, no doubt. But I just think he has a little bit of an unfinished business. It's a really trappy contest, but I do think he he's got some unfinished business, and there could be a bit more to come from him and. Maybe Epson might just be able to unlock some of that potential that Connections clearly think he's got. So he'd be the way I'm siding for a stable that are in really good form as well. So, yeah, he was the way I was thinking for this race. Mm -hmm. So uh, we now move to the feature race at 4.30 at UK time, the Derby in race five. Uh, it is quite special this year because there is only one runner from the Belly Doyle. So uh, Jamie, are you keen on Boyshoi Ballet or what is your favorite and long shot in the Derby? I, I understand why Bolshoi Ballet is the price he is. On, on all known form, he is a standout three-year-old in this race. And I mean, I'm not overly keen to take him on, but also at the price, he'll be very short. And um, for me, I'd rather look elsewhere because there's just not quite enough form in the book to be taking what we've seen on trust. We're, take, we're, we're taking everything on, on, the one, on the one run where McSweeney, who blew out basically and behind him, has since come back and won. And we, if we take that literally, it looks like he's a world beater. But like I say, we know McSweeney wasn't right that day. Uh, and funny enough, actually, one of the ones that, who was in behind then, uh, a horse called Southern Lights, um, got stopped in the run twice, only finished sixth. There's a lot more to come from him as a horse. And if there was a horse to take from that trial, it would be it would be him for me. But he's not my selection. My selection is is actually um, another Roger Varian horse uh, after Prince EG getting put, put up there by, by Chris. Uh, but it's, it's third realm, who won the... Uh, Lingfield Derby trial in very, very comfortable style, but it wasn't a very good trial. I don't think the form in behind him is worth very much. However, the way he did it was really eye-catching. He, he handled coming down what's quite a steep hill at, at Lingfield, and he came wide around it as well, and it just it all bodes well for him handling Epsom, which is, a very, as we've discussed, a very, very unique challenge for, for a young horse. So... And, and also, crucially, his time was very good. He, he, they ran five seconds quicker than the Oaks trial on the same card. Um, so although the form doesn't read very well, literally, it, it was very impressive. And he's my idea of the best horse in, 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 at the prices for me. Although he does have to overcome a low draw in, in number two, which historically is a very bad place to be at the Derby because you go right-handed before going left-handed. So you sort of get stuck on the outside before then being able to take your slot on the inside. So that's not ideal. However, that's predominantly a negative when there are a lot of runners in the field. And because, like you said, Shireen, there's only one Bally Doyle runner, it means there's actually only 12 total. So it, does, it, it somewhat minimizes the negative impact of being drawn so low. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, my, he's my pick at the prices, third realm. Okay, Steve, uh, what are your pick? Any dark horse you like in the derby? Yes, I mean, anyone who follows my Twitter page knows that I have an aversion to picking, you know, even money shots, 10 to 11. And there's no great, you know, if Balsoy Bailey wins all good and well, I'll be delighted for him. But there's no great satisfaction in saying I pick Balsoy Bailey. And and there's even less satisfaction if you pick a, 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 an even money shot almost and he gets beat. That's even double trouble. 
So, I mean, he obviously has a good chance, but, you know, there, there, are, there are unexposed horses in and around. I mean, he's only one at Le- Leopardstown, for instance. I mean, you know, this, he's three from five and all at Leopardstown. I mean, I know there's, there's mitigating factors. His other two defeats was over in France and also in debut, so that's perhaps understandable. But I just thought I'd go for Muhafeth. He's drawn in four, which isn't too bad. He's unbeaten this season. And I thought, um, yep. Poignant win, Hamdel McToom, of course, and um, Jim Crowley on board, William Haggis. He's he's very much an X-factor horse, I think. You just don't quite know just how good he is. So that was the horse that I that I picked in preference to Bolshoi Valley. But there's other ones there. Hurricane Lane's quite interesting. He's now he's won his last three from three, and he always just seems to do enough. You know, he, he's not flashy, but he, he does the job well. He did the job well last time. In chasing down to be the pacemaker when um, high definition was third, but and, and as Jamie also says, Southern Lights is an interesting horse. He was stopped in his tracks behind Bolshoi Valley, and um, he he went, when he when when he won his maiden, the second hell bent one next time at Sligo, still a decent track, and um, and the horse in second Prairie Dancer won, but um, he won his maiden at Roscommon with uh, minimum first the next time. So at twenty to one, I think um, Southern Lights is an interesting horse. Um, I mean, sentiment aside, I, I don't think that John Leeper um, has a has a chance, to be honest, even with Frank Dittori on board. And, you know, I don't know what sort of horse owner this makes me, but if I had Adam Kirby on, I'd stick with Adam Kirby. I, I know everyone say, you know, I know most people say, look, you go for the top jockey, but maybe I'm just not a true horse racing person. But, you know, I'd rather just, you know, it's the derby. The jockeys, Adam Kirby's won loads of things. And in my humble opinion, I thought um, Khalifa Saat was given a better ride by my client last year than English King was by Frankie Dettori back in fifth. And one of these days, Frankie, he's not going to be younger. One of these days, at the age of 74, whatever he is now, he's going to ride an absolute stinker. <laughs> and some owner is going to wish, God, I wish we just picked the one we originally had. So anyway, I'll shut up now and simply say that I think Moha Faith with the outside of being Southern Lights. Mm, okay, how about you, Chris? Uh, which horse do you like the most? Any value bets here in the derby? Yeah, I think Bolshoi Ballet is a terrible price. Having said that, the form actually has taken a boost tonight from his last run. Fernando Vici won a, uh, a listed race at Leopardstown quite easily, but I'm not sure what the form's worth. Uh, Jamie hit it on the head earlier with McSweeney. He just wasn't right that day. And also as well, the ground conditions were nowhere near in his favour. McSweeney's just a proven mudlark. So um, I think you can put, uh, forgive McSweeney uh, that day. But yeah, all these people going, oh yeah, like Aino Brian, he's only sent one for the derby. I think they need their head examined. Um, all the three-year-old Colts from Ballydoyle have been very disappointing this year. You look at Wembley, it was very disappointing in the Guineas. So is Battlegrounds. You look at Van Gogh as well. Um, he 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 was disappointing uh, in the two thousand guineas. Ran okay in 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 the Irish two thousand guineas, but I just think he had his conditions that day. I think he prefers a bit of cut in the ground. Um, yeah, it, it's a little bit. I don't know. I I wouldn't take it that Bolshoi Ballet is a certainty, and arguably their best colt is Saint Mark's Basilica, who's going for the Prix de Jockey Club over in France, um, who obviously won the Dewhurst and then won the French Guinea. So he's been campaigned over there, and arguably he's their, you could say he's their best cult. Uh, Balshoi Ballet, for me, is far too short. It stinks of a Saxon warrior 
in my opinion, from a couple of years ago. Favourites is not the way to be, uh, to go in the last few derbies as well. You have to go back to 2014 for the last winning favourite. You want to be looking at big prices, in my opinion. There's plenty of horses that I think have um, got more to come. Obviously, we see loads of unexposed horses. We think they're going to be this. They, they've got lots more to come, but then they don't. So it obviously there are going to be a few in here that have probably already reached their peaks. But the two that I quite liked, um, my, my number one horse is Youth Spirit. I can't believe he's forty to one with some firms. I think he might be able to even possibly get bigger on the day on the on the whirlpool but i thought he was very impressive at chester i put him up that day on my youtube channel um i was a little bit worried because he appeared to get boxed in at a crucial stage but then the gap did open up and uh, when uh, it, it did he took took the advantage there won quite cosily in the end under tom marquand and they're more excited about the chances of youth spirit than they were about Khalifa um, sat. They um, thought Khalifa sat was more of a stayer, whereas they think you Spirit's got a little bit more pace, which you probably need to to win a derby. Um, Khalifa sat just um, last year when he finished second. Stamina got him for, through that. You, obviously, it was a crazy race with Serpentine going on to make all, and all the horses that, again, that were handy in that race were the one, two, three. So, again, I think you're going to be wanting to be on the front end here or not too far back. Um, and you spirit, I think he does. He's a, a horse that I think has got a lot of untapped potential over these middle distances. He's running over seven furlongs a mile as a juvenile, and always doing his best work late on. Same again when he um, ran at Newmarket on a seasonal reappearance, caught the eye there. Like I said, he built on it at Chester, and also as well, Chester's trial has not been a bad way to go in recent years. Similar as well with the the twist and the turns. Uh, so he's got an experience of 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 um that kind of element of Epsom, if you like. Obviously, he needs to to prove it and needs to come forward again. But I I think with extra places on the day possibly, um I think he's I think he's guaranteed to run a, a good race. And Hurricane Lane, who won the Dante, was the other one I liked. Um, I thought his um performance beating Mega Allen was a good run. McGallan goes, I believe, to the Prix de Jockey Club on Sunday. Um, and the way he was able to show the speed uh, against McGallan, who I think is, I don't think he'll get further than 10 furlongs, but to, to beat a horse that's got a good turn of foot, I think really said a lot about him that day. Also as well, he beat Maximal, Tasman Bay, who both ran okay since in a conditions race at Newbury's, undefeated. I think he could be maybe the Massar, from a couple of years ago, you know, in the sense that he's a Godolphin horse, Charlie Appleby may ran good races, but was maybe overlooked by a few pundits on the day. Um, I think for me, there they would be my two against Bolshoi Ballet, but my number one preference would be U Spirit. I think he's a huge price, and I think he's um, I think he's got the speed, and I think he'll cope with Epsom no problem. Mm, and we just uh, talked about three races at Epsom on Saturday. And among all the seven races, what is your nap and value bet for the meeting, Jamie? So, so, slightly caught, caught me on the hop there. I wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for for all the other races as well. Uh, I mean, the, the, one, one horse I would give a, a shout out for in another race is King Frankel, um, who could prove to be a, a group horse running in a handicap, second in the London Bowl Cup. That was a very good run. Uh, he's short enough in the betting, but he's certainly the other horse on the card that I'm very interested in. Um, 
But I think my best bet today has got to be in the derby and it's got it's got to be third round. Okay. And Steve, what is your nap and best bet, uh, value bet for the meeting? I'll probably stick with my nap. All the value bets, I am um, probably a couple of nights, actually, because I just love sprints. So I'm looking forward to see the dash um, at um, C45. And uh, probably for the, the best bet, maybe Lexington dash, funnily enough, in the 550 Epsom. Although it'd be fitting if he was in the dash, but probably doesn't have the pace for that because he's more of a six furlong horse than this is six furlongs. Richard Hannon, John Marquand from Stoll 8. So Lexington dash for me in the last, keep the dream alive for as long as possible, wait till the last race. Okay. How about you, Chris, your nap and uh, value bet? Yeah, interesting that um, Jamie mentioned King Franco. He was my idea of my nap, but kind of just warmed off him. Um, obviously, his run last time out in the London Gold Cup was an exceptional piece of form, uh, meeting uh, Bay Bridge, who obviously looks like he could go on to bigger and better things. was raised six pounds for that uh, second place, but it's a, it's historically been a fantastic handicap down the years. I think Defoe won it. I think Hedman's won it. Some proper uh, group class performers in recent years, you know. So it's normally a handicap to, to follow for the next couple of months. Um, my one worry would be there's a horse in there called Patient Dream uh, who won when making all um, at Epsom last time out. That form's rock solid. I think the second, third and fourth have all won since. So other prices, I think that's around about 9 to 2. I would be slightly concerned if I took that short price now about King Frankel. He would be the main danger. So I've kind of gone away from that as I've looked more into the form. But King Frankel, I think, has a great chance of going very close. My nap actually probably would be Ornay. I think he's, like I said, I think this has been the plan. He's well treated on a lot of his old form. He's got not a bad draw as well. I think he could just be too quick for them. And I think he'll be able to dash home. And as my value bet, you spirit for the derby, I think 40 to 1, I think that's a bonkers price. I, I really think um, he's got a really good chance of going very close. And uh, I, th I think he can beat Balshoy Ballet, I really do. So, um, yeah, he, he would be my uh, value bet for the derby. After, after hearing Chris speak there, I think I'm going to change my nap to, to the King Frankville and Patient Dream Quinella. Uh, I think that, that's absolutely nailed on as a certainty, lads. <laughs> um, so, yeah, with value bet, value bet in third realm. Okay, that's great. Thank you, all of you. It is such a pleasure today. Let's hope we can provide some fruitful winners to punters. And I hope we can continue next time in the World Escort Week. Good luck on Saturday. Bye-bye.